just thank you for your presence here. Lord, I thank you for the promise that you've given to us. Your word is true. You said the entrance into your word gives light. And we receive that light, the light of life tonight. By your power, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight I want to speak basically on visions and dreams. And I titled the message, What You See and Handle. That's what's going to determine your destiny. What you can see and handle, that is from the Word of God, is what is going to determine your destiny. God has a great destiny for every one of us. God has given every one of us talents. And He's given us great, very great and precious promises so that if we truly can look into the Word and believe the Word, regardless of your circumstances right now, regardless of where you are in life, whether you're young, you're feeling like you're getting older, God can change things in one day. And we have to believe His Word. And it all comes through what you can see from the Word and what you can handle from the word. And I'm going to read from John chapter 1, uh, 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Concerning the word of life. That which was from the beginning, remember what the scripture says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, that's the word of God. You have heard the word of God. He said, they also saw with their own eyes the word of God. They looked upon it. Or upon him, and they handled the word, and is the word of life. What you cannot see, you cannot handle. Concerning the word of God. And if you are not able to handle it, you have nothing with which to get to your destiny. It's only what you are able to see. Not with your natural eyes, but your spiritual eyes from the word of God. Until you are able to see it and look upon it, the word of life, you are not able to handle it. And if you cannot handle it, you are going nowhere with God's word. You see, John speaking, they heard the word. That's the first place. They saw the word of God, Jesus Christ. They saw, and he's not just talking physically, but they were able to handle the word that brought them where they were. And he said, I'm testifying to you about what we have heard, seen with our own eyes, looked upon, and we have handled So it's only what you can handle. Now, I want to let you know that I believe in prophecies. Prophecies. But tonight I'm going to be focusing more on visions and dreams, if I can get there by the grace of God. I believe strongly in prophecies. And recently God is helping me to understand more and more the role of prophecy in the life of a Christian. In Acts chapter 2 verse 17 it says, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Men 
shall dream dreams. Sons and daughters will prophesy. And on Sunday I talked about, you know, the reason why I believe God allowed this. And I'll share a little bit more on this tonight. The prophecy. And then the visions. And then the dreams. What are the God trying to do? What are the purposes for these gifts that God is giving to the church? How important are these things that God spoke of? That in the last days, and believe me, we are in the last days. God said, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be pouring out my spirit. For what purpose? So that your sons and daughters will prophesy to prove that they are Christians. No, there is a purpose for prophecy. If we understand it. And then there is a place visions and dreams we cannot just look at this and just pass over and say, well that's nice well, I, have a, I had a dream what's the purpose God had a purpose for it now in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 God says pursue love that's very important remember uh, 1 Corinthians 13 that talked about love what love is Love is patient, love is kind, all of that. But then when you get to 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1, it says, I want you to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. All of them. Desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. You know, in those days, this scripture used to really confuse me. Why just prophecy? Desire especially that you prophesy. Why I would rather desire great gifts of miracles, right? How many people will want that rather than just prophesy? You want to see miracles, right? You would rather be able to operate in great miracles. And the working of miracles is one, right? And the gifts of healing is that. I rather want that. You know, I used to just look over that. Paul, I think you made a mistake here. I would rather... <laughs> I would rather have, you know, desire more of the gifts of the working of miracles, right? But it says, rather, especially that you may prophesy. Now, the context is he's speaking to the church, no? In the church setting, not when we are evangelizing. He's talking about when you come together as a church. He would rather we prophesy. And there is a reason for that. And it's so important. Now, First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, nineteen through twenty-one, you, we know the scriptures. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. You hear that? Don't despise prophecies. You know, even if it's been misused and people give prophecies and you feel like they're not coming to pass or people are running back and forth just looking for prophecies or it's abuse, don't despise it. It says this is a very important tool for the body of Christ. You can't despise it. Go get it. If God can give you the word of prophecy through a brother, or we have a more sure word of prophecy from the word of God, that's very important. There is a reason for prophecy. God says, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. The young men will you know, have visions, and the whole old men will dream dreams. I am not with the dreams yet, okay? <laughs> yeah. It says, Do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good. So, prophecy is something that you should hold fast to. Don't despise it. If you don't want, if you don't like, push that aside, hold fast to that which is good. So prophecy has this place. Now, this is the way the New Century Version uh, tells, uh, reads when you read that, that particular scripture. It says, do not hold back the work of the Spirit. See, we can hold back the work of the Spirit. And do not treat prophecy as if it were not, as if it were unimportant. Don't treat it that way. Because prophecy has its place in our lives as Christians. 
there is a reason why God gave that and I, I explained that on Sunday and we'll talk about it a little bit more um, notice the purpose here why we need to prophesy in the church what prophecy does for believers in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 it says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself right but he who prophesies edifies the church See, is the church. In other words, when you prophesy, you are strengthening the church. That's what prophecy does. So you can't despise it because this is a mighty weapon for the church. This is a tool for the church to use for their lives. So prophecy is very, very important. And uh, I shared on Sunday, and I'd like us to turn there, First Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 18 there. He says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. I'm giving you a charge according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. So there have been prophecies that have been given over Timothy's life. He said that by them, by the prophecies, you may wage a good warfare. So you use prophecies for warfare. So we cannot despise prophecy in the church because this is a powerful weapon that God has given to the church for us to use for warfare. To throw the enemy away from your life and get to your destiny. Now, I said all of this to say that prophecy is not intended for guidance. We are not to be led by prophecies. Prophecy is a tool with which you get to your destiny, one of them. Something to fight with, but it's not supposed to lead you. We are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Not as many as are led by prophecies. Prophecies are not designed to lead you in the way that God wants you to go. Your prophecy is given to you as a spiritual weapon with which to do a good warfare, the good warfare. And I'm going to show you this. Prophecy can, you know, initiate what God wants to do in your life, but it won't carry you through what God is asking from you or your destiny, for God's destiny for your life. He won't carry you through. You need another tool. It's just one weapon that God is going to use. I'll give you an example. You remember the story of Paul? Paul was going back to Jerusalem and Agabus took his uh, apron or something and wound it around his hands and said, whoever owns, who owns this stuff, this is what's going to happen to you. What will we do today? will say, well, I guess I'm not going back to Jerusalem. Right? He didn't listen. Right? Did he listen to the prophecy? Yeah, he heard it. But Paul didn't stay away from going to Jerusalem. He was, if, we, if you want to be led by that, their normal reaction would be, well, I guess I shouldn't go to Jerusalem. And you remember the believers were begging him not to go? Remember that? They said you shouldn't go, but he was being led by the Spirit, and he knew he ought to be there, even though the prophecies were revealing that he shouldn't go there. Paul understood it, he was being led. So you are not supposed to be led. And all along, in God's will, the Holy Spirit was just showing what was going to happen. That's just the reason for that. So we are not supposed to be led. A lot of Christians, are, some Christians think, you know, this is the way I'm going to go out and they're going to tell me you're not to be led by that. If God is calling you to ministry, prophecy can strengthen you, give you a greater weapon for you to go through by another person speaking to you. But generally, you will already know before the prophecy comes. And the prophecy becomes a weapon that you use to fight that good warfare because you already know what your destiny is supposed to be. So, 
if your destiny is not there and somebody is telling you and you don't even have a clue from the Lord, be careful, don't step out. <laughs> That's why you must test all things, okay? And hold fast. Because if God is calling you, you will already know before the prophecy. And the prophecy is just a weapon now for you to do warfare. Is that clear? Make sense? So we are not supposed to be led, but we cannot despise prophecy. We should cherish them and believe them when they are spoken to us. That's the weapon that God is giving to you. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God. And this is one uh, weapon that God is giving to us, the prophecies that are spoken to us, and those that God speaks to us from the scriptures. You know, everything here is prophecy. There's a lot of prophecy concerning your life in this book. And the Bible calls this a more sure word of prophecy. There is a prophecy here that says you shouldn't be sick. Amen. (laughs) That doesn't say you will not be sick. Is just given to you as a weapon with which to fight sickness when it comes. Doesn't say you won't be sick or you cannot be sick. He's given to you, you read the word by his stripes, right? We were healed. That was a prophecy. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes. So now you have a spiritual, a powerful spiritual weapon with which to fight. That's what it is. Amen? So we're not supposed to be led by that. Now, what drives God's uh, destiny? The engine behind our destiny, for you getting to your destiny, I believe is visions and dreams. Visions and dreams. So, prophecy, vision, and dreams. That's what's going to drive it. This is what's going to get you to your destiny. If you lose your dream, or you lose your vision, it's over. They can have a strong word of prophecy over your life. But the dream is gone. The vision is gone. My people perish. They have no vision. Where there is no vision, it says, the people will perish. No vision. Once the vision is gone, the prophecies don't mean anything anymore. You're going nowhere. You've lost the fire. It's not there. So the, vi- the vision or the dream is what drives it to fulfillment. And this book, it's a book of dreams, this is the bank for spiritual dreams. This is the dream bank. Amen. You can store dreams in here, pull dreams out, withdraw dreams from here, you know what I mean? Take the dreams back to the book. This is the bank. The Bible is our dream book. This is the book for vision. You can derive it. You don't have to have them sleeping. Well, I'm gonna, I wonder if God is going to give me some dreams tonight. Well, most Christians have nightmares. No, kidding. <laughs> And they wonder what it means, you know, in the next day and they pray it doesn't work that way. I don't remember any dream. I don't even think about it. Uh, If God wants to give a dream, that's fine. But I get derived my dreams from this book. You derive your vision. And if God wants to strengthen it, he'll give it to you in your sleep or maybe in a vision. But all he's doing is strengthening what is already here. Can you get me? This is the dream book. You can dream. Just pick one good scripture and begin to dream. And if you don't let go of the dream, God will fulfill it. God will fulfill it. Now, when you latch on to a dream, usually opposition will come. And people will begin to speak against the dream. And then situations, natural situations will come against the dream. Discouraging times will come against the dream. 
You see, God, for example, gave a dream to Joshua. He says, I've given all of that land to you. Now go and possess it. Right? He he saw the land belonging to him. Because God, he had to fight for it. You need a good bit of prophecy to go fight. You know, but God is already giving him. And he never lost that dream. Now, remember the 12 spies? God told them before they went into the land. Ten of them didn't have the dream. Right? They lost their dream. They allowed what they saw with their natural eyes to drive away the dream from their heart. But the the other two refused to let go of the dream. They didn't allow what they saw with their eyes to take away the dreams from their heart. And God says, I like their spirit. I love these two guys. I love the way they think. Imagination. I love their spirit. The rest of them would die in the wilderness. Their dreams would die with them. When they left Egypt, they left Egypt dreaming of this land flowing with milk and honey. But when they saw the giants, they gave up their dreams. And it was over. They died in the wilderness. But the two that kept their dreams, they went into the promised land. You see, time didn't even stop them. I think, I believe Caleb was already about 85 years old. And he said, I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago. And I'm able to take the land. God kept him strong. So it is what you see what you can see with your eyes what you can handle that will bring you to your destiny of the word of God amen what you can see until God gives you the revelation and you can see it you behold it you look and you look before long you get up to go but you pick that stuff with you amen and you talk about it you talk excitedly about it because in your mind it's yours now it's your dream amen and after that you lose the fear and you know it's yours and nothing is going to stop it that's the same way I feel there are situations I deal with regards to our church and I'm dealing with it I still have all these things in my mind oh God and then the dream is born fully then I lose the fear and I know it's done and I don't have any concern of the future because I know God would do it I know you don't know what I'm talking about but one day I will be able to speak plainly <laughs> okay First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and, and, uh, and 10 it says but as it is written I had not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that's an opportunity there to dream, you know. He's prepared a lot of things that no one has been able to see. No one can describe it. So since no one can describe it, I'll describe it to myself in my mind and dream. Because God is given that. It says in verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So is the spirit of God in the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. The young men will have visions and the old men will dream dreams. The spirit is the one that's to bring these things out. But really, he draws from the word to give you the dreams. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus said he will take of mind the Holy Spirit and he'll show it to you. So he is the one that is going to bring the dreams to you. How? As you study the word. If you're just studying just to have knowledge, you don't know what you're doing. You just want to quote a lot of scriptures. But if you're studying so that you can get dreams for your future, then you really have something. 
and the Holy Spirit will drive that thing. And if you stay with the dream, it will be fulfilled. And there's, there's going to come circumstances in your life that's going to try to prevent you or make you give up the dream discouraging times that's why God said to Joshua be strong and of a very good courage hold on to your dream don't allow this book of the law to depart from your mouth he says meditate let it be in your mind constantly and speak it Meditate in the day and night. Refuse to give up the dream. Now, if you are thinking about it day and night, the dream cannot go away from you, right? It's always there. He says, that's how you will be successful. Amen. That's how you prosper. That's how you have good success. That's the only way to do it. It's through visions and dreams. That's born of the Holy Spirit, lifted off the pages of the scripture against difficult circumstances in my life and in your life and you say yes I see it but I know that nothing is impossible with God and I'm staying with this dream Isaiah 54 talks about can we turn to that scripture just briefly Isaiah 54 verse 2 it says enlarge the place of your tent right your dream is too small if you're really looking at God's word, uh, you will enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Because the dream has to be bigger than yourself. So when it's done, everyone knows who to give glory to. If you can do it, then when you're talking about it and giving glory to God, there will be a few unbelieving believers around us wondering if this is all your strength or God has anything to do. You just want to brag and show that you are spiritual. It's not really, it has nothing to do with God. But when it's much bigger than you and you're talking about it, and they have no time for that. They're thinking, boy, if God can do it for him or for her, uh, I know God can do it. That's when God gets the glory. That's when he gets the glory. He encourages others to believe in God. And then you tell them, I haven't done anything. It's just God. I just trusted God. And then you give them reason to trust God as well. And reason to dream for their future. That's what it's all about. We dream from the word of God. So we handle the word. Look at what God did. God will want you to visualize it. Remember how we started. What you cannot see, you cannot handle. And if you cannot handle it, God will not give it to you. Simple. It's what our eyes have seen. What we heard, that's where it starts. As you hear the word, your mind begins to work. And you begin to formulate, you know, the dream in your mind. You begin to form that picture in your mind. As you hear, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then as you hear and as you behold, before long, it becomes part of you. So when you leave, it's coming along. You're, you're, now you're handling it. And once you can handle it, God is going to confirm it, no doubt about it. The process may be long. But if you don't give up, God is there with you. See, that's what God did with Abraham. He said, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 and 6, He says, Then he, that's God, brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. And he, counted, he accounted it to him for righteousness. That was Abraham's righteousness. You know, that's an amazing thing. God had told him from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 12. Right? He said, leave your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make your name great. And he talked about the nation that was going to come. Abraham followed without really believing. Right? At least according to the scripture. Abraham followed God. 
I'm sure he believed, otherwise he wouldn't have left. But with time, no son was being given to him. He was losing courage. He wasn't seeing his vision anymore. So God needed to renew the dream. And God used a visual thing, brought him out, look into the sky. I don't know how long God allowed him to look into the sky. I'm sure it probably was night, because he won't be counting stars during the day, right? And Abraham is looking in the Middle East, no, no clouds, it's just clear sky. And he's counting, ah, I can't count them, it's just too much. He says, yes, that's how exactly, you're seeing the faces of your sons and daughters. And from that day, Abraham has seen enough, that picture, when he says, Abraham believed God. You know what that means? In my mind, every time he looked up into, sky, into the sky, he was not seeing stars. He was seeing his children's faces. That was his dream. God says, so shall your descendants be, if you can number them. Now, if you go to Romans chapter 4, from verse 17, this scripture we just read is brought back to us in the New Testament. And God is saying the same thing to us, that you can trust God and believe God. It says, as it is written from verse 17 through 21, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. God said that to Abraham in the presence of, of him whom he believed. So we know he believed God. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary, that's Abraham, contrary to hope. So Abraham wasn't looking at the circumstances. He was trusting God who showed him the stars. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken. What was spoken, so shall your descendants be. That's what God told him in Genesis. He believed it. Against the circumstances, he saw his, the, his children's faces in the sky. And he won't let go of that vision. And God even helped him further. God said, I'm going to change your name. You now become Abraham, father of many nations. And that's what he called himself and stayed when God says he believed believe me Abraham believed everything God told him he had the vision down verse 19 says and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body he looked beyond that his difficulty his own body already dead so he knew he couldn't perform there's no way to get this done. He looked beyond it. Since he was a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he wasn't looking at that. He stayed with the vision that God had given to him and he believed it. No wonder God counted it to him for righteousness. And you know, that's exactly what we did when we accepted Christ into our lives as our Savior. The same faith that brought righteousness to Abraham. Right? brought Jesus and saved us. That's the greatest. That same faith that brought him righteousness brought him Isaac from a dead womb. See? And you have that same faith. But sometimes we lose the vision because of circumstances. Abraham didn't do that. The vision was, was what drove his destiny, his dream. He won't let that go. The Bible tells us in verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He stood very fast to the promise, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. That means if he was strengthened in faith, that means you, be, you can become weakened, right? In faith. Why? Because of the circumstances. You see, Abraham overlooked all of the circumstances 
and strengthen themselves in faith trusting in God's word you can become weakened in your faith considering the things that you can see in the natural but why we do not look at the things that are seen in the natural but the things that are not seen because the things that are seen in the natural they will only they will only exist for a short time those things that you see those things that are against your dreams they will only exist for a short time but if you look beyond that and allow God to show you the things and for you to focus fully on the dream draw, dream that you got from the word of God then that will be fulfilled and that's exactly what happened to Abraham he gave God glory all of that time you know when you stay with your dream you are giving God glory when you let go of your dream because of the circumstance God has no glory he gave God glory with his dream before he actually saw the manifestation of the dream many of us will give up and that's what I'm learning what to do and don't listen to people and don't look at what I'm seeing right in front of me I'm going way beyond that into the future because God is my future God said to Abraham I am your exceedingly great reward I see that he is my reward so I have no fear for the future the future is good for every one of us amen the future is great for every one of us and he says I'm being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform and uh, Elizabeth said to Mary blessed is she who believed because there shall be a performance of those things that were told her there are things that God has spoken to you this is the book of dreams amen get your dreams from your from the book in the Old Testament God gave them physical dreams you know they dreamt right but I believe God can do that but he can also use this more dreams born out of the Word of God as you read and refuse to let go because Peter told us God is a respecter of no one so we can also dream so I ask myself why is this brother able to do this for the Lord and I've been born again these many years and I'm not able to do it I got no dream you know the other guy he had his dream and he was pursuing his dream with God because without God the dream is going nowhere but if it's a dream that is born out of the Word of God that dream is going to come to pass because God is watching his word to perform the word now God also gave uh, Joseph a dream sometimes we read scriptures and we're not really thinking why did God do that to Joseph while he was little did he really have to do that why not make it happen send the guy to Egypt right you understand he's God, he's God right he could do anything why give him the dream why find a way get his brother to get into Egypt and he still become Pharaoh God can do that right so why did God give him the dream that caused him trouble there <laughs> I believe God was and he, remember God did it twice so he never forget it he stayed with him and I believe that's what what carried Joseph all through his trouble he knew to stay with his dream he knew not to sin against God because he knew that dream was from the Lord and I'm not going to let go I'm not going to do this stuff he was waiting for his dream somehow somehow to come to pass many times we forget that Joseph was just an, another man just like you and I he didn't know tomorrow he didn't know what was going to happen to him tomorrow I'm sure when he was in uh, Potiphar's house and things were getting better I'm, th I'm sure possibly was thinking hey I think I'm on my way to my dream and then what happened he, he was sent further down but he never gave up his dream he was a happy man because he knew he had a dream and God cannot lie 
Amen. Your dream will get you to your destiny. I'd like to really prove that. Another one. Uh, remember Jacob? Jacob had a dream. Not the ladder. Right? Not that. But the dream that God gave to him because he was so poor and had nothing. And he was serving with Laban for so many years and he had nothing to show for it. And he was frustrated and he later told his wife, God gave me a dream. The speckled and spotted tree. You remember that? Every time you come before the cross of Jesus, if you're there, you are before that spotted and speckled tree. And if you're standing there dreaming, everything that you desire through that cross as you dream. He had that dream, and so he did what God showed him in the dream. I'm not sure if God told him to do that, but he locked into that dream, and he believed that his dream could change the DNA of these animals. You know this story, right? And that's exactly what happened. It's a miracle. And we are covenant people. So God is shown all the way from the Old Testament the importance of dreams with regards to your destiny, to my destiny. It was dreams, his dreams, Joseph's dreams that brought him to his destiny, right? Jacob's dreams, the same thing. And here with Abraham, God gave him a dream. He just wasn't sleeping when God gave him that dream. You don't have to be asleep for God to give you a dream. And that dream will bring you to your destiny. That dream alone could keep you from acting silly. Because you know you have a dream. And you're not going to sell that dream. See, Esau had no dream. Jacob had. Because Esau didn't have any dream, he, he sold his birthright. Right? He gave it up. But when you have a dream, you won't let go. Especially when that dream is born out of the word of God. Amen. Exodus 23, 25 through 26. I'm trying to, tonight, help us, including myself, have a mental dream. Have a dream in your head. The Bible says, renew your mind, right? We must renew our mind so that we can be transformed. Until you renew your mind and renew your dreams and see yourself in a different light, God cannot go there. We have to renew our minds so that we can be transformed. Exodus 23, 25, 26 Please lock into this. So you shall serve the Lord your God. This again is prophecy, right? You shall serve the Lord your God. But you can transform this into your dream for your future. Amen? And lock into it. So you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. When I read, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. That's my dream. Doesn't mean I won't feel symptoms. I was telling my daughter Gracie uh, today... Uh, when we, my wife didn't know this, but when we came from, came down from uh, Longview, I, I'd been with my brother-in-law. I was very, if you, it would be easy for me to just lie down and feel sick. That Sunday, Mother's Day Sunday, I was very physically. If I gave in, I was sick. If you will put it that way, very, very sick. But she didn't know. My wife didn't know. And I refuse to accept it. It's true. I'm telling you a true story. And I had all kinds of things going through my mind. This could be because you got a cancer or something. I said, you're lying. That can never happen. I've already ruled that out from my life. 
That's not part of He will take sickness away from the midst of you. It lasted for a few days, maybe a week or two, since I've been feeling that way. I won't give in. I, my mind is set. I am not a sick person. My mind is set. It's not that I don't want to tell something. You won't even know because I won't act it. And I'm not going to lay down and say, God, come and heal me. I talked to the Lord about it. Like I said, I took the enemy to court. Amen. I took the enemy to court. And I'm reminding God, this thing that I'm experiencing is not in agreement, experiencing, is not in agreement with the template of my life. Amen. It's not in agreement with the template. Uh, this is a virus that uh, I mistakenly am downloading and I want to clean it up, okay? I don't want it. And guess what? God will do it. It's gone. I don't have to cry or be sick. Again, like I said, it's not like you will not have these symptoms. But God has given you weapons, very powerful weapons with which to do battle. Amen. The prophecies that were spoken concerning you, that by them, by them, you will war a good warfare. You know why it's a good warfare? Because you already won from the beginning. Fight the good fight of faith. Because you got, it's a good fight. Because every time you win. And God has given us that. That's the, uh, that should be our mindset. And we are all growing. I'm learning. Believe me, I'm not there, okay? So it's, this is not a, a message to make somebody feel bad. Please understand me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying we need to start fighting. You feel the symptoms. I feel the symptoms. There's nobody that's free. From, we are in the war. But we have things with which to fight. But the ultimate thing is no one can take my life until I'm ready to go. He will take sickness away from the midst of you. I don't, I don't, these days is, you know, by faith at this time, I don't feel one way or the other. Whether somebody is sick or not sick, I don't have to analyze anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? I accept the situation, let's, let's do something about it. What, what can we do? That's the thing. The word of God is what we can do. I will take sickness away from the midst of you, he says, and the number of your days I will fulfill. So I know I'm already dreaming these days of holding my grandson or my granddaughter. It's long coming because I married late in life. So I tell people, hey, that's not funny. Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> but I am, I'm, my mind is set. I'm going to see them. I'm going to see them. And what I just gave to you is a spiritual weapon. It's a prophecy concerning your life. And it's nothing that you have to do. It's not, nothing to do with you. It's the enemy that is trying to rob you of what God has already given to you. So use what God has given to you and war a good warfare. Doesn't mean it will be over. For me, I think for a whole week, the symptoms were there. That's the truth. It was over a week. The symptoms were right there. But I won't say it from my mouth. If I have to anoint myself with oil, I'll anoint. If I have to pour the oil on myself, I'll do it. Amen. But the, the, the symptoms know to go. Amen. No one will suffer miscarriage. Nor be barren in your land. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I don't have to worry about my life in the future with Christ. The Lord is leading me. I have that in my mind. He's constantly there. And I don't have to suffer want. Thank God, God gave me a promise. I still have it written there. 
at a time where, when I was really low, very low, both my, my family, everyone in my home, financially. But God gave me a promise then. And I stayed with that. I stayed. Today, if things are difficult, I pull those, that thing out and I'm looking. That's my future there, Lord. It's a word of prophecy. I've had a lot of prophecies spoken over my life here. Some of them have come from you. And I thank you for obeying the Lord. I know those prophecies. And I'm going to be talking to the Lord about the prophecies. I won't let go. Because they are mine. God gave me that weapon with which to fight. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 through 4. Now close with this. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Well I tell you what. If you are not diligently obeying the voice of the Lord. What are you doing here tonight? Right? What are you doing here tonight? Many times, you know, when we read scriptures like this, then we'll say, well, I wish, I wish I was diligently obeying the voice of the Lord. What more do you want to do? Works? It's asking for faith. That doesn't mean we live wickedly. When you live wickedly, the, the Spirit of God Himself will reveal it to you. Something is not right. So I know that I am following the voice of the Lord. I have been following the Lord. Been perfect? No. But I have been following the, the voice of the Lord all my life. The thing is, I didn't allow vi- the vision uh, that God is given to drive my life in. But now I know, know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It says to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. That's why I don't have time for malice. See? Love your neighbor, right? That's yourself. That's all he has. No time for malice. No time to keep things. I want to get myself off of those. Are you going to feel like doing that? Oh yes, the opportunity will come. But I don't want to go there. Okay, so we obey his voice. It says that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Let me explain this to you. I think when you read that scripture, what do you see? You're thinking about a nation, right? I will, you know, lift you up above all nations of the earth, right? Do you know a man called Billy Graham? Is he a country? He's just a man. But today, he's lifted. Every nation, right? Kings want to talk to Billy Graham. They are pleased to be in his presence, right? Today, Benny Hinn, you know, he's well known. People want to talk to him. Kings, presidents, they're happy to have him not where they hate the gospel but people who are really searching so God says I will set you high above all nations of the earth and that's your life and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you you won't make the blessings come but they are coming we need to believe these things and accept them that these blessings are coming instead of accepting a situation and say this is the way it's always been we never have a graduate we never had a graduate in our home so for sure we're not going to have one we never had one that was popular that was known all over the country so we will never have one we're from a poor family no you put that aside because that's not what the scriptures say you must change your dream and begin to dream so something bigger than yourself I have said this that I don't think what you own or what you have has anything to do with God well this is what I'm saying as long as what you own doesn't own you you can own whatever you want to own you can buy 10 Mercedes Benz and put them in your driveway it's okay with the Lord as long as the 10 Mercedes Benz they've not bought you and they own you. God doesn't care. 
I don't think God cares if I go out to buy a blue shoe or a red shoe. And say, God, which of these shoes that you told me to buy, you want me to wear? He said, you got your brains. Why don't you pick one for yourself? God has nothing to do with any of these things. These are things that perish with their using. They perish with their using. However, you can take this ungodly moment that Jesus called it, and then transform people's lives by these things that God is putting in your hands. Sometimes we focus too much on those things and we forget the reason why God wants you to have that. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. You're selfish. That's why you think it's all about you. It's not about you. The big home is not about you. It's to show to your friend how good God is. The great business you have is not about you. If you think it's about you, you you lost your mind or you misguided. It's not about you. It's about God wanting to glorify himself in your life. So it's okay for you to dream. Dream yourself out of where you are today. And dream big. Dream yourself out of whatever situation you find yourself if you don't like it. Find that scripture that speaks to your situation that's negative and begin to dream yourself out of it because God cannot lie he watches over his word to perform it and you are so precious to the Lord I don't care what's been in the past God is able I pray that what I'm saying tonight is encouraging you not making you feel like how can I get there and sometimes we are looking at other people and we're comparing ourselves with, you know, I think somebody asked me, I talk on healing a lot, and my daughter suffers something, and I said, well, what about your daughter? I said, yeah, I can see it. Does it face me? No. I just know she's going to be okay. I stay with the word. So I have nothing to prove. I just want to stay with this book and try to find out where I may be missing it so I can move on we are all in a race amen and we're running so that the Lord himself will be glorified he say, you can read through that scripture he says he's going to bless everything you do you're blessed when you go out of the city you're blessed when you come back into the city everywhere you go you're blessed and uh, that's what the Lord wants for us look at those scriptures and begin to dream yourself out of the situation that's the way it is would you stand up with me thank you David that's the only one that got really excited about this (laughs) it's only what you can handle what you see and what you can handle study the word Believe the word. See yourself out of that situation. And believe God for your future. My encouragement today, uh, I could talk about the economy. I don't let, by the grace of God, the economy is not going to decide what I want to do. Because we are living in another economy, God's own economy, and that's what we should see. Don't pull what you see out there into your own life. Please don't do that. Because we're God, you are part of the kingdom of God. You are an ambassador, you're living here, but He is over there, you are representing Him here. Those people that are representing the U.S. in Nigeria, for example, they receive everything if you go into the embassy everything is like here in the united states they get all their resources from the united states so we are citizens and don't talk you can talk about how bad things are but don't pull those things into your life and begin to develop dreams go with god's economy amen father we thank you thank you Lord God for your word I thank you for your people tonight these are people of faith oh God I know that these are people of faith 
people who know their God and will do exploit in the name of Jesus Lord give us dreams as we study your word help us to stand strong and stand strong as it is written you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies we love you Lord God we know that you are in our lives and we know that all is well regardless of what's happening right now regardless of the attack all is well because Jesus Christ you are in our lives and we're so grateful to you we bless your name your people are blessed every family's need is met in the name of Jesus the blessings are coming upon us right now and overtaking us thank you father in jesus name and god's people said amen god bless you